The Daily Rios for Saturday, October 3rd, 2015. It's another listener feedback episode topic tonight. This one from Div Collins from Melbourne, Australia, from September 13. Uh, Div has been a listener since the CGS days and with the Daily Rios. Div asks, do you have a favorite Archie Goodwin work? Now, I had to think about that. When I read the question, it was a question that didn't bring to mind an answer right away. My first impulse was to go towards all of Archie Goodwin's editorial work, especially with two of my favorite DC 90s projects, The Golden Age by James Robinson, Paul, uh, Paul Smith, Richard Ory on Colors and Company from uh, 1993, the four-issue prestige format Elseworlds Tale. And, of course, Starman, the series by James Robinson, Tony Harris, Wade Von Grobager, Gregory Wright, and everyone else on the series, which started in 1994. Archie Goodwin was such an inspiration to James Robinson and to the Starman series that when Goodwin died in 1998, his name was still kept in the credits for Starman, and he was listed as Guiding Light. So in terms of editorial work, I think I'm more familiar with Archie Goodwin in that aspect. He also was the editor on Batman Long Halloween. We can't forget the mark that he made on Marvel's epic line, on New Universe, spearheading Marvel's graphic novel line in the 80s, and all the various titles he has been part of over the many, many, many decades. So when it came down to thinking of Archie Goodwin, the writer... I had to go to comicbookdb.com, I plugged in his name, I looked at all of his writing credits, and realized, you know what, I haven't read much. Uh, I haven't read <laughs> a lot of his catalog, but what I have read, I did enjoy. So this topic was fun to do, because I was able to uh, kind of go through and think of a writer that I don't normally think of, and think about comics that maybe I don't think about too much. So I just went through Comic Book DB, through all of his stats, and these are the books that jumped out to me. So obviously there's the Manhunter Backup Tales, which were in Detective Comics that Archie Goodwin wrote with Walt Simonson and Klaus, Jans uh, Klaus Jansen on colors. And this features the Paul Kirk Manhunter, and eventually it wraps up in a story that features Batman. Uh, we did a book of the month of this story on Comic Geek Speak back in November of 2006. And one of the segment, segments, we actually talked to Walt Simonson about this work. It's been a while since I've read it. I do remember reading it at the time and thinking just the, just how high the quality was of the story and the artwork and um, uh, the Manhunter legacy that Goodwin created has gone on throughout the DC universe in terms of, I want to say, uh, Suicide Squad, uh, The Power Company by Kurt Busiek, and of course, um, the Manhunter series um, featuring Kate Spencer, which was in, uh, what, the 2000, 2000s. So um, that is some, that's probably the high watermark for me in terms of what he wrote. And it was the obvious one. I didn't have to look that one up, up on Comic Book TV. I knew I knew where that fit in my brain. 
Now, I forgot that Archie Goodwin wrote the first Armageddon 2001, the first issue. There were two bookend stories, two bookend issues, and then the rest of the story was told in between with all of DC's annuals at the time. This was uh, 1991. So Archie Goodwin wrote the first bookend, and Denny O'Neill wrote the second, and the art was by Dan Jurgens. And it featured the new the new character Wave Rider, and the whole premise was that one of DC's superheroes ten years from now was going to become all powerful and turn on his heroes and rule the world as monarch. So if you know the lore or the legacy behind it all, it was pretty clear that DC was pushing towards Captain Adam as being the character that would eventually go rogue. But because, I don't know, I guess because uh, fans and readers figured it out ahead of time, they decided to change it at the last minute. And instead of Captain Adam, it became Hawk of Hawk and Dove. And Hawk was the one that was going to go rogue. Which makes me think, so if Archie Goodwin wrote the first issue, did he maybe, did he not write the second issue because, uh, because of the switcheroo? And they had to bring in Denny O'Neill? Or, um, I don't know, I, I don't, I have no confirmation on that. That's just, you know, speculation on my part. But Armageddon 2001, I really, really liked that book at the time. Remember, in 1991, I was just getting back into comics about the end of 1990. And uh, I had, what, maybe like a two-year break, a two- or three-year break. So this event um, felt kind of big. It felt different. It felt fun. And I do remember that first issue very well. So uh, I'll, I will put that on the list. Um, so here's a interesting little... <laughs> uh, as I was going through his writing credits, he wrote the last five issues of the Dazzler series. Now, I remember picking up the final issue, probably in a back issue bin, just because the cover said it was the final issue. It would, it would be Dazzler 42 from 1986, with artwork by Paul Chadwick, that Paul Chadwick of concrete fame from Dark Horse. And apparently Archie Goodwin wrote the last five issues. I had no idea. Um, this is during Dazzler's period where she is, uh, she is costumed with her crazy let's get physical 80s aerobic outfit with the headband. And it features Beast as a supporting character because the two of them were in that Beauty and the Beast miniseries. Uh, which makes me wonder if he had anything to do with that. Um, the issue featured Dazzler against a villain named Dust, and the only way Dazzler could defeat Dust is by using her powers in a way that she had never used them before. So if you know Dazzler, she absorbs sound and can convert that sound, and uh, when she converts it, it becomes her powers become light-based. So she can convert sound and transform it into light and lasers and holograms. Well, in this issue, she uses all the stored up sound energy and uses that to emit sound. So she em emits this, you know, intense, uh, you know, sound that defeats her villain almost in a way, I guess, like Black Canary. So I thought that was a nice little twist. And that final issue was written by Archie Goodwin. He also wrote one of the stories for Heroes for Hope, starring the X-Men from 1985. 
It was a one-shot that they Marvel used to raise money for the East African famine relief. That's the issue that had um, a couple plays, uh, a couple pages by Stephen King, who was kind of in vogue at the time because he also wrote a couple pages for Batman 400 at the time. So I don't recall what pages Archie Goodwin wrote. I think he wrote some of the last pages. Uh, I have that book in my collection, but I didn't pull it out to see. So, uh, but I do, when I looked at it, I thought, oh yeah, I always liked that issue. Um, and by the way, over on jimshooter.com, Shooter has a really interesting account of how he had to deal with the first organization that Marvel was working with um, to share the proceeds from this book. And it's a fascinating tale. You have to read it. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can see just how wrong it went. And then Marvel had to decide on a second uh, company to work with. Um, so that was it. That was really, that's the handful of books that as I scroll through his writing credits that I believe I've read, I maybe unless I've missed something. But what did st stand out, another thing that uh, really stood out to me, that I never knew, um, was that Archie Goodwin wrote the first 28 issues of Iron Man's 1968 solo title, and then he would write a few random issues after that. Most of the artwork on those first uh, 28 issues was done by George Tuska. The first issue was by Gene Colan. And it makes me wonder, huh, you know, what did he add to the Iron Man mythos if he wrote the first 28 issues? Uh, you know, obviously spinning off of the um, the Iron Man series is a spinoff of Iron Man's appearance in, what is it, Tales, Tales of Suspense, I guess, or Tales to Astonish, one of them. So he was already, already headlining an anthology title, but here he is in his breakout title, and Archie Goodwin was the, a young writer, I th apparently the way the story goes is that Stan Lee probably was going to write it and in walks Archie Goodwin and he wants a job. So Stan Lee says, here, why don't you try your hand at this? And he becomes the, uh, the main writer on uh, Iron Man, which is kind of cool. So yeah, that makes me a little more interested in reading some of that early stuff just to see, um, what he created. So, so thank you, Div, for that suggestion. It was something I had to sit and think about for a little bit and do a little research on my answers, my list is, you know, not particularly fascinating, but it was kind of nice to see where my Archie Goodwin reading experience fell. And I imagine the listeners out there, you probably have your own list. So what are your favorite Archie Goodwin written comics? By the way, last episode, the topic was suggested by Tim about uh, analyzing his pool list. And Tim reached out to say that he had listened to the episode and that I was correct in my assumptions, and he hopes that others will do the same. And I agree. I hope other listeners, if you like that game and you want me to try to speculate uh, on where your comic book interests lie, send me your pull list, uh, your current pull list, and let me see if I can uh, do the same thing I did with Tim. You can send it at uh, peter at thedailyrios.com. All right, that's it for today. This has been The Daily Rios, episode 315 for Saturday, October 3rd. Thanks for listening.